The Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association is taking the Office of Personnel Management to court. The association's challenging a change OPM made three years ago to how it apportions retirement annuities impacted by divorce settlements. Before 2016, the agency interpreted the law to only divide retirees' basic annuities with their former spouses, but the lawsuit claims OPM improperly started splitting annuity supplements also and made the change retroactively, leaving some retirees with thousands of dollars worth of new debts to repay. Patrick O'Carroll is the executive director of the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association. He talked with me about the lawsuit. What they did was is that they decided that a portion, if you were divorced a portion of that assessment should go to your former spouse. And what our complaint is, is is that, one, they did it without any notification to anybody. So normally what would happen is, is that OPM would do a federal register type of an announcement saying that this is a policy that we're looking to do, and then they'd be open for any type of suggestions, criticisms, whatever, before they implemented it. In this case, they didn't do that. They just arbitrarily decided to do it in 2016. And then the other issue that's a major concern to us is is that they did it capriciously in terms of that one one person who got retired with an ex-spouse didn't lose their assessment and another person would. So there is no I guess, you know, rule in terms of that everybody got it and some did and some didn't, which makes it much more complicated. And I think one of the reasons that this kind of stings is because OPM also did this retroactively. In your in your lawsuit, you guys point to one example where OPM was trying to reclaim something like $27,000 in back annuity supplements that, that had been paid before OPM made the policy change, if I've got that right. That's correct. Uh, in fact, since this, you know, I guess since this came out, within the last few days, we've heard of a person that's lost as much as 30000 Wow! in terms of an assessment. And the, the problem with it is, in many cases, you're having these, you know, agents look all through their career at what their retirement's going to be. They usually go into their administrative office and say, hey, I'm going to be retiring on such and such a date. What's my you know retirement going to be? And then the administrative office would basically say, you're going to get X number of dollars in terms of retirement. You're going to get X number of dollars in this retirement annuity supplement. And then, you know, if, then recommend you take another percentage out of your thrift savings. And a lot of what we're finding is, is people did retire. And then um, two things have happened. One, those who retired years ago just all of a sudden see that their check has changed and it's a short, a smaller amount. And then they find out that, you know, that in many, in some cases, you know, as we just talked about with the 30,000, is that they're going back five, 10 years and saying that this should have been paid out for this entire time period and then assessing an overpayment on that on top of cutting your check for the amount that goes to the the former spouse. Yeah, the the, the retroactivity part of it, I, I can understand the objection to that, but, but let me play devil's advocate for a second. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're, I, I think the argument in the lawsuit is that OPM can't bundle together the FERS supplement with the basic FERS annuity unless the divorce order explicitly requires that. But it seems like to get to that point, you're, you're expecting 
you know, every local family law jurisdiction in the country and, and the lawyers who practice there to become experts in the federal retirement system in order to even understand that that's a difference. In other words, maybe it's not crazy for OPM to just say if a court order says a retirement is to be divided this way, that includes the entire retirement. Yeah, well, I guess what what, what the argument on that is, is that in, in a lot of cases that when somebody is going through a divorce on it and their attorneys are, you know, going through the discussions, they're seeing what's going to be the, you know, retirement payout on it. They're going to see what the expense of the house is and other expenses are. They all go into the decision of what you're going to be your settlement with your divorce. And then I guess two issues that are of concern with us is, is that one is, is that this is something that is, is, is a bridge and it's a bridge for social security. And if you take a look at social security, that isn't included in any type of assessments of, of divorces on mm-hmm. it because, and, and that's part of our argument is, is that, you know, if, if it was intended for social security to be split up, that would, your argument would be good and that the lawyers need not know that type of a thing when they're doing it. But uh, historically now, and, you know, is, is that, you know, Social Security is not split up. It's, it's a individual's benefit that they're concerned, you know, doing for. It's not a um, spousal type of benefit. What have, you, what have you done to try and work this out with OPM before you ultimately went to court? Ooh, good question. We've, uh, well, looking back on it, since 2016, I think they've had as many as five administrators. Uh, under my watch, we three, Nate Couture, the president, myself, and our legislative consultant went and met with Director Pon when he was director on it, and, and literally went to the top of OPM and discussed this. And also, too, at the same time, we had been in contact with the Inspector General of OPM. The Inspector General of OPM came out with a report critical of this process. So with that report in hand, we went to Administrator Pon, and, or Director Pon, and um, and at that point there, he said that this was something that was, you know, inaugurated under a pre, pre prior, uh, you know, uh, administrator on it, and that it really wasn't under his watch that it happened. He would, they would look at it, but uh, they weren't, you know, in a position to change it. So, anyway, if you remember, his uh, tenure was fairly short, and with that, now it. it uh, administrator, acting Administrator Weikert is in that position on it. We mm-hmm. wrote a letter and we asked again, could we meet with you to discuss this? And that hasn't been answered. And that was probably what led us to, to file the lawsuit. Okay. And what exactly are you asking the court to do here? Well, what we're asking the court to do on this thing is, is, is one, to, you know, to end this, to two, on it is is that you know in the case of any to make whole some of these you know retirees that have had to had this assessment on them of you know the the prior years and that's where it gets sort of complicated because for a couple reasons one they they you know their your your check is 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 cut down to a percentage I'd say in some cases from looking at it, it it's almost a third of your 
assessment is now being, you know, withheld. And then on top of that, they throw another, you know, uh, withholding to go pay against what had been put out previously, the overpayment. And oftentimes what will now happen at the later part of, you know, people's lives where, you know, they're one retired, two, you know, senior citizens and on fixed incomes. And, you know, then all of a sudden they're getting hit with a double hit, one for the time period up until they reach Social Security. And then when they reach Social Security, they're still going to be paying back whatever the overpayment was. Right. So what we're asking the court to do is to cease this. To two, then on it is is to make whole those that have been paying out all this money over this time period. Would OPM have been on more solid ground if they had done a traditional Administrative Procedures Act proceeding and and done this as a formal rulemaking and accepted comments, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, because instead of them having it, you know, heard in an administrative court before MSPB, which we've had, and then a, a judge ruled in favor of the retiree. That's the type of stuff that would have been done before it went into effect, and then there wouldn't be this feeling that it was secret. And part of this is is that we don't even know how many people they've done it to. You know, we're only doing the ones that have come to us and that, you know, have represented us or are are filed in this lawsuit. That's Patrick O'Carroll, the executive director of the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association. You can find this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. There's no place like the beach for the holidays. In Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, you get all the charm and cheer of the season. Plus, 60 miles of nonstop fun. See holiday shows at 10 top-notch theaters. Enjoy perfect golfing weather at 90 scenic courses. Be dazzled by five holiday light displays. And get seasonal Southern Eats at over 2,000 restaurants. This will be one holiday you won't forget. Plan your winter getaway at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Ask anyone with a DWI if it was worth it. They'll tell you. It's no holiday. Impaired driving kills the holiday spirit. Drive sober. Drive smart. Extra enforcement now on Minnesota roads. A message from the Minnesota Department of Public Safety.